had been extremely drunk and ignored her for the pixelated football players on the screen. Luke showered and got ready, admiring himself in the mirror. He was twenty-one years old, six feet two inches tall, with dark blonde hair and brown eyes. His one hundred eighty-pound frame was cut from lifting weights. If he wasn't playing sports, he was watching them. The amount of food he consumed was akin to a professional football player. He drank a gallon of milk each day by himself. Luke was garrulous, often smiling, and spoke in a heavily accented rapid-fire drawl, littered with double negatives and tenses out of whack. When Luke spoke, words burst out of his mouth with no spaces between them, a natural auctioneer. He had the air of a good old boy with a touch of hip-hop. A thin patch of a goatee sprouted below his lower lip. Sideburns extended halfway past his earlobes. Luke was handsome, and he knew it, and never had a problem with girls. In fact, Brittany had picked him up in the first place. About eight months before... Seventeen-year-old Brittany Stinson was cruising the Strip in nearby Glasgow with a carload of girlfriends when she noticed Luke in the passenger seat of his friend's truck. Like many roads in so many small towns, the Strip was a street gilded with fast-food franchises and telephone poles where the teenagers went on weekends. Brittany followed them into the McDonald's parking lot, leaned on the truck, and introduced herself. The following Monday after school, Brittany went to Luke's apartment. They had been together ever since. Luke liked being with someone as outgoing as he was, but he was admittedly more struck by her body. Brittany was about five feet, five inches tall and petite. Except for butt, Luke pointed out to his buddies. Luke folded a white bandana with blue print and wrapped it around his forehead. It reminded him of both Axel Rose and Tupac Shakur. He phoned in a delivery order to Domino's and watched TV while eating the pepperoni pizza. Some of the garlic dipping sauce dribbled onto his T-shirt. Although rather oblivious to it, Luke embodied a curious amalgam of each tier of Scottsville society. Currently out of work, Luke had held a litany of blue-collar jobs, such as house painter and truck stop attendant. None of his posts lasted long. Luke would either get fired or, more commonly, abruptly quit. He supplemented his wages by moonlighting, selling marijuana, and on occasion, cocaine. Through his mother's second marriage, Luke was also connected to the richest and most well-known family in Scottsville the Turners. Donna Duga's second husband, Bruce Duga, was a grandson of Cal Turner, the founder of the Dollar General store chain, essentially a less discerning Kmart. The no-frills emporiums have shelves haphazardly stocked with a variety of discounted everyday items, loofahs, toothpaste, nails, clothing, just about anything imaginable. One of the first stores occupies a cornerstone of Scottsville's modest downtown square. Semi-trucks emblazoned with the stark black on yellow Dollar General emblem on their trailers 
careened down the roads as they're dispatched from the giant warehouse on the outskirts of town. Despite the carefully cultivated small-town image of the stores themselves, Dollar General is a Fortune 500 company, with more than 7,600 outlets spread throughout the southeast and $7.6 billion in annual sales. The latest in Luke's string of jobs had been loading trucks at the Dollar General warehouse. It wasn't a mystery how he got the job, nor was it surprising when he walked off and never came back. In a tiny town like Scottsville, where everyone at least knows of one another, even if they aren't direct acquaintances, the Turner's wealth became just another idiosyncrasy accepted by the community. Scottsville is a farm and factory town. Although the Turner's wealth wasn't a secret, it wasn't broadcast loudly.